Welcome to another episode of House to House. You already know who it is. It is your boy, Kyler. And always across me, we have Peter. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Thank you. Happy 25th birthday, Kyler. Thank you, Peter. <laughs> so, so, although, yes, we are recording it, you know, Ahead of time But when this episode drops It's gonna be Carlos' 25th birthday Oh my god Don't remind me of that age How do you feel about being 25, Kyla? Uh, I don't know Like I think when you When I really look at 25 It's like You know, by right It's like the quarter of a life Kind of thing mm. But I don't know Like If anything This is I feel it's less significant Compared to my past birthdays for some reason, I don't like. It's just another birthday for me. Mm. But then again, I treat all my birthday birthdays this way, you know. So, I, I mean, it's it's okay. Yeah. Okay, so I, I know I know this is going to only go out on your twenty fifth birthday itself. Mm. But how how are you expecting to celebrate your twenty fifth birthday? I mean, I usually every like, maybe the past six seven birthdays, mm. I've always been celebrating with the ones closest to me, and. I'm okay that like I'm at my happiest then like just being in my small circle of friends and connections and celebrating it that way. So yeah, I I expect this year to be no different. Yeah, which is a bit strange when you think about it, right? Because this is your first birthday mm. as a fully, you know, a full time employed. Yeah, full time working adult. Working adult. Yeah. This is your first birthday, so you now have a CPF and you know. Uh, yes. And exactly. it's time to actually start adulting. <sighs> Yep. Thanks for all the reminders. <laughs> okay, la, okay, la. So it's your first time doing a podcast, you know. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yes, it's your first time getting to do your own thing and, and yeah. another first that I don't know whether you're considering is, mm-hmm. you know, are you planning to get your first property anytime soon? Uh I mean I w- I wouldn't want to say soon cuz you know all the BTO waiting time and everything, but if you mean applying for a BTO, mm. Mm, I've had thoughts of I mean, okay, considering that I'm single. Yes. That, you know, pushes me back all the way until like 35 years old. <laughs> so that's another 10 more years to go. But um, I've had scenarios in my head where I thought of like, okay, right. if, our, if, I have, if, I, if I have a partner now, right. what would be like the ideal age to start applying for BTO and getting a house? I would think it would be quite soon. Maybe... Two, three years time mm. I think that would be My ideal time of Applying for a BTO Right Yeah Because I mean For me I factor in All the waiting time And everything So I, I, I want to have Like a grace period Kind of thing So that's why I want to apply earlier Yeah To You know yeah, Just to have that Safety net in a way Yeah But that's just me So yeah Do you know of anyone Your age Who's already applied For a BTO Oh for sure For sure So I've had a couple Of friends who just applied for the February BTO mm. for the Kalang Wampo one. I'm nice. not sure if they got it. Um, even back to last year August BTO, I've had my friends who I I have had a friend who applied for the Tenga one. I believe. Wow. Okay. Yeah, but then again, like this um, particular group of friends, uh, you know, they've been in very healthy relationships for quite some time, and 
they are slightly older than me uh, so uh-huh, it, maybe okay. it fits better into their timeline right. you know so yeah they're not exactly the same age as me also. so yeah but as a 25 year old I guess mm. it is for better or for worse the right time to start thinking oh, about you know, sure. yeah. these larger financial decisions mm-hmm. and so yeah so I, I've, I figured today's episode can be about what you need to know about buying a property as a 25-year-old. Ah, okay, okay. Like, things I should know at this age, basically. Yeah, so regardless of whether you're single like yourself mm. or whether you're in a committed relationship or, you know, single and ready to mingle. Yeah. yeah. Right. At, at least keep these things in mind, is it? Yep. Oh, okay, okay, that sounds fun. All right. Okay, so so I guess we're going to go sh- go through three things because... Honestly, there's so much to think about when buying a property, but, but let's just focus on, on three things. Um, let's talk about the down payment. Mm. Let's talk about the grants. Okay. And then let's talk about selling the property. Okay. Yeah. All right, all right. Okay. So, so I know it seems like a lot to think of, to, uh, to consider right now, because, I mean, again, you don't even have a partner. So, mm. so a lot of these things are, like you said, are probably only going to... if you stay single for the next 10 years, yeah. then your only first option after that is when you actually turn 35 yeah. in 2031. Uh. <laughs> 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 Alright, so those are the three things that you're going to talk about today. Today, yeah. Right? Because because I, I think as a 25-year-old, mm. these are the things that would probably matter most. Mm. These are the things that you can start planning for, um, if, whether, you know, whether single or, or otherwise. So that when you actually do make the, you know, pull that trigger, mm. uh, apply for the BTO, apply for a resale flat, get a private property, at least you have these things ready to go with you. All right. I've got my pens and paper. My ears are open. My eyes are open. Bling! That's how my eyes right now. All right. Lay it on me, Peter. What? Start with the down payment. Yeah. Okay. So um, if you've heard our HDB loan versus bank loan episode from last week, you know that um, HDB loans have a 10% down payment, right. which you can pay with CPF. Mm-hmm. And then bank loans require a 25% down payment, of which at least 5% needs to be in cash. Yeah, Which means that you probably need to start saving money either way. Yep. Um, you've just started working with us, so your CPF would be um, of a certain yeah, Starting amount. from ground zero here, baby. Yep. So you probably want to take some time to actually build up that CPF. Yeah, for sure. Because even even if you can use your CPF and not use cash to pay, the point is if you don't have CPF, you still need to use cash yeah. to make that payment. So you don't want to be forced to buy a cheaper house simply because you don't have enough cash or savings in your CPF ordinary account. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So start building up that uh, nest egg, I guess, for lack of a better word. What we are looking at is... So 10%, right? So 10% of, uh, say, a HDB BTO mm-hmm. flat, which can be anything from 400k to 700k if you're a baller. <laughs> so 10% of that is obviously 40k to 70k. Yeah. And so in your CPF, you know that, that 20% of your, of your salary goes into your CPF and that your employer also Tops gives up another you 17%. 17%. Yeah. So, so 37% of your salary is going into your CPF every yep. month. How much time do you think you need to get enough money for a down payment? Just the down payment? Yep. Assuming we're working with the 40 to 70k thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
like maybe a few years, I would think. Um, two years. <laughs> yeah. So so I think two years. I mean, we we won't talk about salaries here, mm. but but yeah. For I think in general, having worked for two years, that's how much you probably should have had in your CPF. Um, at least to make sure that your HDB loan doesn't require cash. Okay. If you're looking, but that's if you're applying for a BTO. Mm. Because uh, in our opinion, if you're applying for a BTO, it makes more sense to get a HDB loan first. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so just to recap, point one regarding down payment. If you're someone who is around my age, maybe 25, yep. 26, 27 even, mm-hmm. at least have a safety net of maybe a two-year working experience, you know, accumulate your savings. And not just your savings, but the more important thing is getting that CPF money. Yep. Accumulate that accumulate that um, net worth in your CPF. And then that is your option to not fork out any cash when you're applying for that HDB loan because your two years working experience will settle that down payment for you. That's basically the point. Pretty much. All right, cool. Thanks for summarizing that. <laughs> All right, so... On to the next point? On to the next point. Alright, what's point number two, Peter? Point number two is the grants. So here again, I'm talking about HDB properties. Mm-hmm. Whether I'm talk- whether it's a BTO flat or a resale flat, you'll be eligible for... Uh, grant. Yeah, for a set of grants. This depends on your income. Okay. And this is why, as a 25-year-old, it's actually something worth considering. Mm. Now, what I'm going to say may be pretty controversial. So, Ooh, uh, I love controversial. Come Late here, late here. So if you have any feedback, you know, send it to us at podcast at <laughs> mortgagemaster.com.sg and we will respond to them. Okay. What's Probably. your hot take, Peter? So my hot take is take advantage mm-hmm. of the grants. Okay. The grants are there to help people with lower incomes to subsidize their flat purchase so that um yeah, no one I mean no one is excluded from public housing. Right. So that's that's the main idea. Okay. But controversial hot take is as a 25-year-old, mm-hmm. you technically have a lower income. Mhm. And it may be worth considering, especially when you think about the BTO, to take advantage of the fact that you are earning less now. Now to apply for the grants and get as much as you can. Down okay, the road. okay, okay. So Let's just get this straight. So, what you're saying is that what your hot take is mm. is that because um, people like myself who yep. have just started out uh, in the working industry, we have a lower income compared to others who might have worked longer. Right. And because of this lower income, we can actually use it to our advantage to possibly attain obtain more grants, a higher grant. Yep. Uh, when it comes to taking, uh, when it comes to housing, and this will whatever we take now will not affect the actual payment in the future. Okay, so how it works is um the government looks at your average monthly household income. Mm-hmm. So we are talking about a combined income. Yeah. Um, a combined income gives you a a grant amount to help offset your down payment and your purchase price. You know. Yeah. In general, so. The government's really generous. It can give you up to $80,000. Mm, wow. But that's only if your combined income is less than $1,500. Okay. So um, 
probably not what we are talking about. Mm-hmm. But who knows, right? I mean, if say one partner is still a student, or right, you know, right, right, right. Or, or gives tuition and doesn't declare it, mm. you know that. Be- yeah. those, sort, uh, those types of people would fall under that category yep. and this goes all the way up to $9,000 which means okay. that if your combined average monthly income is lower than $9,000 you will at least get 5k mm, Okay, so that's like an average of like 4.5k per yep. person and you'll still get a grant for 9k for f- uh, of, of 5k of 5k sorry yep. okay. so, so presumably at 25 most of most couples I guess uh yeah, because it has to be couples. Thank you, um, social policies <laughs> of Singapore. Most most couples would be probably earning between five to six each, or combined. Okay, oh, combined. I mean, I could be wrong. I mean, who knows who are, what our audience is earning? Let us know if you you know if you want to help us address your demographic better. But so for for, for five to six k, we are talking about between forty five thirty five to forty five thousand dollars. Okay. Of of grant money and depending on the the price of your BTO, that's ten percent. Right. So what you're saying is that most you know, according to the stats, yep. the average or rather most people would earn five to six K a combined, combined. Yep. a combined uh household income. At, at twenty five. At twenty five. Yeah. And that will get you between thirty five to forty five thousand dollars. Which is essentially almost Ten percent of your property, so it's like your down payment is really sort of paid for you in exactly. that sense. As, especially if you're taking a HDB loan, which you should because it's a BTO, mm. then you don't even need to worry about that two years of saving up that we talked about in the first point. Right. Because this covers the entire down payment. If you know, if you're if you're smart enough and getting a a BTO unit that's within ten percent of right. That. But just to just to be clear, like you still have to pay the down payment after the grants, right? So what? So what? What um, the government does is it gives you the grants into your CPF account, and then oh. it deducts the the down payment from your CPF account. It credits the grant amount to your CPF account, yeah. and then it deducts it from there. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. So when you think about it, there's no net change. Yeah, right, right, if right. you're smart enough and you've bought and you've applied for a flat. Of which this grant amount is ten percent off. Oh. Okay. Okay. So essentially, your down payment is really paid for you, uh, through the grant. Through the grant. Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. But oh, of course, okay. this doesn't take anything away from my first point because you should always have a buffer in your yeah. CPF account. Like you do not want to be in a position <laughs> where, you know, you have to make your monthly repayment and there's nothing left in your CPF account to, yeah. to draw from. So yeah. So still take the two years, you know, don't jump into this mm. this whole thing, even w- with this hack, inverted commas that I'm talking about. Yeah. I mean, don't, don't, don't try to get the highest grant and then have no CPF savings to speak of. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, okay, got it. Is there anything else? Yeah, so um, this is only for BTO. Right. So, of course, for resale, it's a different set of grants. Mm-hmm. And um, that puts it in a bit of a, a bind because for resale flats, you're talking about an immediate purchase. Yes. So you got to have everything else in order. So even if you do get the grants, um, you might not want to because... You won't have any savings, okay? Because you're young, yeah. And it might not make sense to jump into such a huge financial commitment when you're just starting out in your careers. 
mm. and all that. But it makes to me it makes a lot of sense when you're talking about BTOs because you then have four to five years of to, waiting you know, time of waiting to time to build up your savings to build up your CPF and of right. course to earn more so that you know when you actually need to collect your keys mm. and apply for an, another loan, for example, a bank loan to you know to change it to a bank loan, you at least have the ability to borrow more with your new higher salary. Ah, okay, okay, got it. So, take advantage of the lower income mm-hmm. uh, when you're 25, 26, because that will get you a higher grant. Yep. When the payment actually begins, mm-hmm. like maybe four to five years later, once your house is built, once you start moving in, you'll still be, you'll still be using that same amount of grant money yep. that you got from earning a lot that you got from getting that you got from a lower income maybe five to six years back yep ah okay okay so this is a con- obviously like I, I preface this this is a controversial yeah, hot take because essentially you are encouraging people to start getting houses at a younger age or at least apply for them apply for them at a younger age because of the nature of the BTO process which delays it for four to five years anyway right. yeah so it makes to me it makes sense to take to 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 Get the maximum grant you can, um, yep. given your you know your financial uh, situation, right? And then hopefully while waiting for that BTO to be built, four to five years time, you you know you get a higher income hopefully, yep. As all of us wish we have, um, and then it it doesn't affect the amount of grant money that you got because you'll still be getting that higher gra- higher amount of grant yep. from your lower income, correct? Four to five years ago, yep. Right. Okay, okay, got so it. So of course the big caveat to all this mm. is that you have to still be prudent about the kind of property that you're applying for. Yeah. I mean yeah. Don't suddenly go for like a five room at a prime area, of course. Right. Yeah. So so HDB will still uh require you to to do the, the HDB loan eligibility process mm-hmm. to find out how much you can actually borrow from mm. HDB. But the honest truth is they will need to do that check again for the five years when you're you know when you are ready to collect your keys okay and presumably your income would have risen by then yeah if your income is still at the same <laughs> level as it was when you were 25 yeah i want to know this because this might be my situation <laughs> then you might be in a bit of trouble because mm. then you wouldn't be able to borrow as much because ultimately right. um the amount that you can borrow is based on your income Okay, so the only thing that would change in four to five years' time is how much you can loan. But the presumably, ob- if your salary has increased yes. by then, yeah. but the amount of grant money that you receive will not change because it depends on when it was applied. Right. Okay. Got you. Got you. Understood. Of of course, if HDB hears this episode and they change it so that you know they claw back the grants, then I'm sorry for you know. <laughs> Well, if HDB does listen to this episode, I already consider that, Obin, so... Yeah. Alright. So, is that all for the second point of grants? Uh, except to mention that, of course, grants refer to HDB properties once again. Mm. Private properties, obviously, this hack is irrelevant. Yeah, because HDB... Uh, sorry, private properties do not have grants, unfortunately. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so, are we on to the third point? Yes. So, let's finish it off with the third point, and that is thinking ahead. Um, we're already thinking ahead, but now I want you to think ahead even further. Even further. Yikes! Okay. So, Kyla, one of your first articles mm-hmm. when you were was talking about the minimum occupation period mm-hmm. or the MOP, and this is the earliest that you can sell your property. Yeah. And with many Singaporeans, um, 
this is a major consideration because yes. people want to upgrade as soon as possible. People want to, you know, um, take advantage of, especially for BTOs, mm. where they're already subsidized and chances are, I mean, evidence shows that their prices will, will, appreciate, will appreciate some even to doubling or tripling. Damn, <laughs> Depending on how lucky you are yeah. with the ballot. Um, so yeah, so think, thinking ahead and deciding when you want to sell this is a consideration for anyone. But when you're 25 years old, it does seem to have a, a different factor. Mm-hmm. Because so? when you're 25 years old, chances are you probably shouldn't be looking at the larger flats. Okay. You probably can't afford the larger flats. Larger flats meaning like five, five rooms. Five rooms Got or it. You know, ECs. Even mm, okay, yeah. and and you want to make sure that you're not overextending, mm. you know, your financial commitment when you don't have the salary and the income to back e- it up. Right to even start with that foundation, that basic step you have like down payment and the right. early repayment step. Okay, so con- I mean, you do have the option of considering smaller flats like three room flats or four room flats, which are cheaper, mm-hmm. and then when you sell them you know, five years down the road. They may not have appreciated as much, mm. but they would definitely have appreciated. Yeah, because yeah. that's just the natural trajectory of HDB BTOs, like mm-hmm. regardless of, almost regardless of what room uh, your HDB flat is, it will naturally rise because right. it already starts at below market prices. So yeah. And when that happens, you are... So let's do the math. If you start, if you're 25 now, you wait twenty, wait two years before you apply. That's 27. You're 27. Yep. Wait another maybe wait four another years. Four years to get the house. That's 31. Okay, yep. let's start with 31 then. So you 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 move into your new house at 31. Yeah. You are 36 by the time MOP MOP happens. Yep. You know, yeah. This I mean, you're not that old. It's. If you were yeah. single, this was would be when you finally get to exactly. So yeah, it's just, it's another eleven years. Yeah, you know, yeah. So so then the question of you know, would this smaller flat have appreciated enough mm-hmm. to be able to sell it at the age of thirty, you know, thirty five, thirty six, mm-hmm. and then move into a a property that you can now definitely afford, right? You know, having presumably had over ten years of working experience. So the question of whether you want to pull that trigger now, mm-hmm. even though you may not be able to afford a larger flat that may not appreciate as much, mm-hmm. I think that needs to be a consideration. Right. So what you're saying is that at my age, people should start considering, you know, just just don't be so focused and blinkered on getting the larger flats, such yep. as a five room or even ECs, as you mentioned. Um, even though, you know, that's like, that's like the goal goal to reach right. in a sense because like you know you can brag to your friends like hey I got a five room you know and whatever whatever area whatever area but what you're saying is that for now maybe can focus more on even three room to four rooms um, understand that they may not appreciate and skyrocket as much as the five rooms um, but as long as I know that okay I have a goal like maybe let's say when I'm 36 or something if I have go to sell and upgrade to maybe a five room or even a condo by then, mm-hmm. it's okay to yeah. start with a three room and four room. Like there's no shame to that aspect is what you're saying basically. Essentially. Right. Okay. So really, I sort of really have to start planning as to what I want to do. Or, or at least recognize that this is an option. 
Mm. I think most people, um, the typical Singaporean might wait until they were, you know, in their 30s, mm. when they're more established in their careers, to get married, to, you know, be actively able to look at the, the more expensive property types out there, a resale flat, for example, right. and then, you know, and then go with the uh, take advantage of the higher appreciation that comes with a larger size flat. But this also means like holding on, uh, sorry, holding off for a few years right. until they have amassed that capital and everything. Exactly. And then you have to think if you're still doing the BTO, for mm. example, then add 11 years oh. to that. Oh, I don't even want to think about that age, yeah. Peter. So you'll be selling your property when you're 40, yeah. your first property when you're 40. Right. Okay. 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 But yeah, so I'm just saying it's an option. Obviously, we cannot predict um, how your life will change. Maybe you strike total, yeah. you know, yeah. in, in 2022 and then you're like, yeah, I can now afford whatever I want. Who cares? Um, but if, you know, your trajectory, you expect your trajectory to, to be, you know, within normal parameters, mm. I guess. This is a consideration if you want to if you have someone that you want to and all this yeah yes got a caveat you got to have someone to move in with because again social yeah. social policies and pressures means that yeah like unfortunately if you're in a relationship that's not recognized by the government all these don't apply to you and you don't have the option for these you know mm. these things so, okay yeah. so got it so third point selling just be aware of the possible options that I have in considering what I want to do when it comes to property. Right. Not, don't just aim for the five room when, you know, or rather don't work and work and work and save up until I can afford a five room. Right. That, like, may be only attainable when I'm like 30 plus years old and then it pushes back the timeline and everything when I have the other option of starting early but starting smaller first. Right. And then continue working hard and then upgrade from there, basically. Okay, all right. So, no pressure. Just um, gotta find gotta find a partner within the next two years. Convince her to BTO immediately, and then start start this plan. Yeah. So no of course, yeah. So of course, caveat. I mean, this is just one way of looking at mm. at the property journey. You might disagree with it, and that's fine. Yeah. You know. Um. You. There is a lot of opportunity costs with every decision that you have to make. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you maybe just waited two years, suddenly your salary, you know, doubles or triples and then you're like, done, I shouldn't have just gone for that true flat because now I can't change yeah. my mind. Although if your salary has doubled or tripled, you can probably cancel the application. Oh yeah. Because yeah. you can afford it. Mm. Baller. Yeah. So, so as a 25-year-old, I think this is something that you definitely want to at least keep in mind. Mm. Uh, don't splurge it all, although in this pandemic, who knows what you can splurge <laughs> on. But yeah, I mean, for those out there who are in loving, committed relationships, yeah, welcome to your first taste of adult life. Ooh, property coach Peter Lin over here, guys. Yeah, Do contact him though if you have any questions. Thank you so much, Peter, for your three points of wisdom today of what a you know basically what every young adult should consider when it comes to housing because i i cannot emphasize this enough like i have mentioned before that housing in singapore like it's not it's not that prevalent mm. 
Mm. It's not taught in our education system. It's not even talked about when you know when we are transitioning from in that young adult phase in our lives. And suddenly, when you are twenty plus, you start working and you have to focus on so many other stuff. Suddenly, the thing, the housing comes in, and you're like, "Huh? Where do I go from here?" So I think you know what you said today is very valuable. Like especially to people who don't know much about housing. Right. I only know some about the, like the housing stuff because I work in this industry. But yeah, thank you so much for your. Guidance and words of wisdom today, Peter. <laughs> Happy to help. Thank you. All right, so listeners, um, do keep questions. Do keep those questions coming in. Email us at podcast at mortgagemaster um, I just want to say thank you all those who have sent your questions in, and I can officially say that our first open house episode is coming soon. Ooh, Ooh. and I, you know, I don't want to spoil anything now, but we do have a life hack for you you know um, in regards to last week's episode about HDB versus bank loans so do stay tuned for that alright that's it from us today remember to send in your feedback questions whatever to podcast at mortgagemaster.com.sg if you enjoy what you're listening to do consider hitting that follow button on whatever you're listening to us on Spotify Apple your Walkman it doesn't matter alright thanks for joining us folks and remember we never really grow old we just learn how to act in public See ya! Goodbye! Oh. Oh.